0: Hello there. Continuing on our series, which is based on a book called The Little Black Book of Decision Making. It really just helps ties in what we're doing here at the top of 2018, which is setting our goals and our trajectory to reach those goals for 2018. And the key to reaching your goals is, first of all, something we've been promoting is moving beyond just talk and actually taking action. And taking action means making decisions. And this book, and it literally is a, a, a small book. It's not your typical large uh, book. It's a small book, smaller than even a, a typical paperback. This book, as I've been diving into it, helps explore how you make decisions. And challenges you to reevaluate that the old way of thinking may not be the way you should be processing things in the future. Now, I know again, some of you hearing this might think that doesn't quite make sense that we all process things in different ways and that your brain, it works the way it works, and there's nothing that you can do about it. Ah, that is the lesson, is that we actually train our brains how to think. Like anything else, they are conditioned, and that's why some people think differently from others. Now, there may be things that um, are part of your personality, but you can refine that and train it. And a lot of us get stuck in a rut with whatever way we were first taught how to think. That's the only way we think. And we never get out of that rut. Even if the results are far from what we want, we try to change everything else around us, our surroundings. And as uh, the author of this book says, we change our methods. But we never evaluate changing how we think. Well... You don't have to become a brain surgeon to understand how the brain thinks. And that's what you'll find out about this whole series of talks we're having. Just on a very surface level, just understanding how the left brain and the right brain works. Understanding which side is dominant for you. And then understanding how to adjust... And make sure that you're leveraging both sides of your brain. And if we take a look, if you want real life examples, look around and you might have some people or friends that just make emotional decisions. They're very reactive and sometimes logic plays no role in the decisions they make. Then look on the other end of the spectrum. You might have some friends that are very logical. They write things down, they plan them out, um, they get all of the facts and they make fact-based decisions. Those are just two examples and as a matter of fact they're extreme. I gave you one that is for the right brain, one is for the left brain. There's I mean, someone that's very left brain dominant, someone that's very right brain dominant. Well it takes balance. And we know this, what in life doesn't take balance? That's one thing as we move forward in our conversation, we've got to agree on. You've got to find the balance, which means that there's no right and there's no wrong. But in recognizing where you are on the spectrum and adjusting how you think, how you approach thinking, how you approach decisions is going to make all the difference in the world. So as we're having these conversations about left brain and right brain, I think that this book and this next series that we're going to go through, and like I've encouraged um, when I introduced this book and yesterday's podcast, it's called The Little Black Book of Decision Making. It's by Michael Nicholas, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S. And the undertitle is Making Complex Decisions with the Confidence in a Fast-Moving world. And as I mentioned, I picked this up at a FedEx Kinko's store. They always have little short business books. And um, I was about to jump on a, a plane. And so I picked it up. And it was as if they knew what our 2018 agenda for the podcast was focused on. This is like the textbook. It touches upon Right Brain and Left Brain, it talks about whole brain thinking, and it ties it to decision-making. But what I also love is that he comes from a technical background. So he talks a little bit in the opening about how he ended up writing this book. And he ties it into how the world is accelerating and moving faster. And they're finding that computers can make decisions better than humans. But we need to learn and figure out that computers can only do left brain logic. That's where artificial intelligence comes in. Some of you know of AI, it's referred to, artificial intelligence. They're now programming computers to balance out their decision making so that they can incorporate even right brain thinking. Now, if you can program a computer, and it takes humans to program computers, then what they're realizing that the best decisions comes out of a balance. So what we need to do as humans is reprogram our thinking so that computers aren't making decisions for us. And we can question some of the decisions that those computers are making. We have to understand balanced thinking just like the people who are programming the computers, especially in that arena of artificial intelligence, they are mapping how our brains work when they're optimized and they're translating that to computers. So think of this as how to optimize your thought processes and how to come up with the best decisions quickly. It all goes back to quickly. The reason why we're talking about this is that, yes, life is about trial and errors. But the world is moving so fast. Things are accelerating. They're changing so quickly that if you want to stay on top of the game and those of us who are of the mindset that you don't just want to be working for someone. You want to be an entrepreneur. You want to be an innovator, an inventor. You want to have your own and define your own. You want to be ahead of the game. You don't want other people making decisions for you. For those of us, and that means... We're really going to have to optimize and refine our thinking. And so let me tell you a little bit about, and like I said, as I was reading the front of the book, even before I got into the details, um, I highlighted a couple of things that I wanted to share with you. The, first of all, about the author, Michael Nicholas, uh, he spent his career either being a leader or helping other leaders to transform. And I underlined that leaders and helping them to transform. His definition of transform is helping them transform how they impact people, how they influence people, their creativity, and their adaptability. And I think that those are key words. You're going to find out in this next series. You're going to want to keep a notebook close by um, if you don't have our textbook here. The key words out of that was leaders. Leaders of the future had to know how to impact people, influence people, be creative, and be adaptable. And that's so important because notice the definition of a leader is no longer just command and control. Do it because I say so. Um, We're not living in a military regime that I know of. (laughs) So just because someone says something, they can't just pull rank. And people in the civilian world and corporate America and especially this new younger generation, are pushing back. I'm not going to do things just because you say so. And that's where influencing and motivating people is the most important leadership style of the future. Now, he goes on to say, and this is as he's doing the introduction. I'm going to share this one quote that comes from Ralph Waldo Emerson. He has in his introduction. As to methods, there are many, even millions, and then some. But principles, there are few. The man who grasps principles can successfully select his own method. The man who tries methods and ignoring principles is sure to have trouble. And so I have to pause and tie that particular quote to my Agile community. One of the things that's so important Uh, in the world of agile that's big in how we're building software in the IT community that it's referred to as an agile transformation is we're often saying that agile isn't a method it's a mindset it has certain values and principles and I think that this quote reinforces that that you have to first embrace not just grasp but embrace the values and the principles then map the various principles to them but just coming up with methods that's that left brain the left brain always wants to go with methods and processes but you don't and your team doesn't have the same values and principles You're not going to get and reap the benefits that you're seeking. Now, when we talk about methods, let's talk about the methods associated with decision making. Well, we can lie that out very quickly. And methods, you know, because they're black and white. But values are something that you internalize. If you listen to the last podcast, I talked about making inside out decisions versus outside in. Now, let's look at the standard approach to decision making. First, you have to understand the problem. Second, gather relevant information. Three, analyze the information. Four, draw implications from the result. Five, identify your options. Six, decide which options to implement. And seven, take actions. So keep in mind that, as he says in his introduction, decisions are of considerable importance in practically every aspect of your life. If you sat one day and tried to count, how many decisions do you make every day? Whether well, it's a decision to get out of the bed, what to eat, even where to go, who to talk to, when things are said to you, how to react to them. Each of those are micro, mini decisions. Our decision-making capability also is determined by the size and type of the problem and therefore strongly related to how far we can progress and how much we will thrive. So, so many of us, especially in the social communities that we've built around Technology Expresso, our community is full of energetic people who want to thrive. So, what that means is People who thrive can make decisions and solve problems quickly. That's the difference between just moving along, making it, and kind of even blaming it on fate as to why you're not where you want to be. To change that around and to thrive, it means solving problems, making decisions, taking action quickly. That's the definition of thrive. Now, as the author of the book says... His hope for this book is to demonstrate uh, that your ability to perceive or think differently. Everyone has that ability. So it's going to be important that decision-making, and you realize how important decision-making is, over just having degrees and certifications. You can get and gather information. We're in the information age. But if you don't have the capacity to discern from that information and make a decision quickly, that's when you get lost in the churn, especially in this world of fake news. If you don't know how to discern that information, validate that information, and get just enough so that you can make a decision, then you'll get lost. These are all things that make Decision-making so important in this era of acceleration. You are in likely information overload, whether you know it or not, let alone if you are out on social media. You've got all of these inputs and being able to organize and slice and dice and discern quickly and then make a decision based on those. This is the world that we live in. And what does that mean, too? That means that we've got to help young people. More and more people, I hear them talking about how young people that are in school now are being bombarded by bullying on social media. That's just another source of input that's being heaped on them and them not necessarily having both the emotional and intellectual capacity To turn on and off or discern or separate or just even ignore. And so it's resulting in them dealing with levels of stress that are unimaginable to us when we think back on our school years. So as you're digesting this information... Also, think about how young people today are in information overload, sensory overload. The influence of peer pressure doesn't just stop when the school bell rings. It continues on social media. So, their level of discerning and decision-making also needs to be matured. They have to understand what they can control about how they react to things. Because it's scary the number of young people that are making the decisions to take their own lives. Why? Because they don't really have a mature decision-making capacity. And parents need to be aware of that. They're making these decisions and they have the resources to act upon things like taking their own life. That to me is very, very sad. So once we realize that, yes, we can change how we make decisions, we can change our focus, that decision-making is a learned capability, I should say, I was going to say talent, but capability, and that the capability that we need for the future is very different. So He ends his introduction by saying, as we walk through each of these steps, he's going to challenge some of the things that you believe. And then once he gives you concrete examples of how you change the way you think, then it's so important to begin to change your actions to go along with it. It's not enough just to know that there's a left brain and a right brain. Let's figure out how to apply that and make better decisions now this is where i'm going to offer up a little homework for you i want you to think about what left brain activities you do and what right brain activities you do try to list three of each see which ones you have a harder time Filling in and see if that helps support whether you're a dominant left brain or a dominant right brain. And then, as we walk through Michael's book and have discussions, we're going to see how to start balancing out if you have one dominant side and one passive side, finding the right balance. Maybe even take a few minutes to meditate and even journal. Look at some major decisions that you've made in the past especially those ones that maybe even you have started to question and ask yourself, was I using just my left brain? Was I using just my right brain? Now, I know a lot of this sounds very academic, and I've suggested that another way to kind of really get your mind around what a left brain thinker, what that really looks like. When you have someone on the extreme spectrum. I talk about The Big Bang Theory, which is a show. And the lead character is Sheldon. Now, you might not fall in love with Big Bang Theory. But if you just go and watch a couple of clips from a few of their episodes, you'll start to get a feel. And you might have an aha moment go, Yeah, I'm a little bit more like uh, Sheldon than I thought. Or you might think, I'm nothing like Sheldon. And you might be more like the impetuous Penny. She's kind of the contrast to Sheldon's character. She's always flying by the seat of her pants. Just going with the flow, going with her emotions. And it doesn't help that she often has a glass of wine in her hand. Um, So she's always just not on a logical path uh, or in a logical thinking mode. So if you look at these two different characters, start to maybe see which one you identify with. Are you a Sheldon or are you a Penny? Well, that's today's episode. I look forward to any of your input and feedback and thoughts. And let me know if you've picked up the book, or if you were able to find the book. And maybe you've read a couple of chapters. I'd like to know what you think. Well, As I said, this ends today's show. Go out there and prepare for another amazing, game-changing week. Bye for now. You have been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. For a full list of our broadcast archives, social media handles, contact information and upcoming shows visit our website portal at www.technologyexpresso.com.net and .org call our event hotline 855-484-6837 for a list of STEM related events in various states across the country that's 855-484-6837 Your feedback is important to us. Send us an email through our website or directly to technologyexpresso at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and remember to listen, learn, leverage, launch.